I say a lot of kind things about Skrillex now in my old age. Welcome back to King of the Shell, the second worst rap themed podcast on the Internet. Yeah, uh, we are really just getting into the rap game and it feels nice in here. It's like a warm hot tub. Uh, yeah, it warm for probably the wrong reasons. Very apt description. Yes. Yeah, uh, it is warm because I have peed in it. Yeah, <laughs> we've dipped. We've dipped our toes in and we pulled the toe back out and it's down to the bone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a yes. it's a chemical waste zone in here. That's right. Uh, I am very excited for this episode. Um, we are uh, covering our follow up to uh, the MF Doom shill. Um, so, uh, lots to talk about there. If this is your first time joining us, uh, welcome to King of the Shill. Uh, this is part do, part, part do, part doom, hot, part two. Hot, hot shots, part do. Hot, hot shots, part do. This is part do of our MF Doom, uh, shill episode. And, uh, so Scott, since this was your shill, why don't you, uh, give the people a recap of what we talked about on part one of our MF Doom episode series. So as Chris alluded to, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to King of the Shill. This is a show where Chris and I try to convince each other to get into the things we like in the form of kind of paired up shills, where we take an episode to talk about the things we like and try and convince the other person with kind of words and things like that. We're going to go and consume the content then we're going to come back and talk about our thoughts. This is part two of MF Doom. And really, in our last episode, I was explaining kind of my history with Doom to Chris and talking about why I wanted Chris to get into him. MF Doom is a indie rapper for anyone who doesn't know. He's very seminal to a lot of the advancement of the rap genre. And he's really well respected for good reason. And I knew I wouldn't have to do much other than get Chris in the door to listen to it. Doom's music speaks for himself. But well, this is good. This is a well, this is especially bold, too, because I am generally not into rap. Right. Like I am. I am very into progressive music, progressive rock, progressive metal. Um, I would say is like my favorite and and or most listened type of music. I love classic rock. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I listen to that, you know, rap and hip hop largely, despite my appreciation for it, never made room for itself within my taste. So uh, except for, you know, a few very specific circumstances. So this is by and large a pretty difficult show for you. Yes. Well, difficult. I know you're open minded, but I think we'll we'll have these kinds of shills where we're definitely asking each other to step outside of our comfort zone. Right. And for sure, I knew that 
this is a good onboarding mechanism too. Like we've, we've mentioned a few times on the show. I think like I'm a big weeb. I want to try and get you into some anime (laughs) stuff that's outside of your comfort zone. You have to have a good vector. You have to have a good launching point, right? MF doom is the launching point for rap. He was my launching point for rap as we talked about last episode. And I just knew, right. Even if it's not your particular thing, as long as you're open minded, his music is the kind of thing that's going to hook you and get you in. But I'm excited to talk because we just finished our listening party. Right. Yeah, we did. And uh, and so if this if 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 you're if you're back with us for the second or more time, thanks for coming back and checking it out again. Um, We're really excited to dig into this. And uh, so Scott has kind of had kind of prepared a. Uh, it's a vertical slice yeah you know we we keep using that term but um it's actually where i was expecting you to kind of serve me up a few tracks i got two albums and about four or five additional tracks uh alongside of it so we we started off with uh with his his debut right as mf doom yes that was operation doomsday then we moved on to you moved on to Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy. That's his duo album with Mad Lib. And, and then, then we checked out a couple tracks from uh, mm Food. Yep. Wow, and, you're uh, nailing it. Three for three. Yeah. 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 And a uh, uh, an earlier track called Peach Fuzz, of which he featured with the group KMD. That's exactly right. Four for four. Look at you. Clap, clap, hey, man. clap. I, the memory of a goldfish is what I have. <laughs> And that at least lasts 24 hours. Yeah. So, well, you, you're you're utilizing it to the maximum now. And I'm going to call call it uh, call upon your memory here again. It's been less than 24 hours. We got to talk about what we just heard. Do you want me to explain why I chose that vertical slice for you? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with that. Well, go ahead. Just yeah. Let, let, give, give me the background. All right. So. It's it's also what got me into Doom and thus into rap. But I envisioned this as neither of these are my favorite Doom work. Right. But Operation Doomsday as a holistic album is going to explain everything I just talked about with Doom in the last episode. His lyricism, his flow, his creativity with his beats creation of a mythos within the songs but also in the interludes in the album so i definitely wanted to get that in there and i wanted that to be that whole piece even though it's a long album it's like about an hour i wanted you to hear the whole thing start to finish and understand what makes a doom record right because i could have just picked for you like um let's just say hey right oh it's a it's a cool song where he uses a scooby-doo beat right isn't that clever but it's not the same out of its context right yeah right i picked mad villainy by mad villain because that's considered one of the greatest rap albums of all time and it further illustrates another component of him which is his his multiple personas his collaboration with himself within those personas and his collaboration with other people. So in our last episode, I talked a bit about the egos, alter egos beyond even just his of like the Neruvian dooms and metal face v Zarface. That's a great right. example of him creating an artistic piece with another person. Right. That's a mad right. villain album. It's not just an MF doom album. Right. Right. 
And then I wanted you to hear a couple tracks from Um Food because that's my favorite. They have some great, some great rhymes and some great beats. Uh, uh, I, I, mm, that coffin nails beat. We'll, we'll yeah. get to that, but <laughs> that's a highlight. Yeah, rap snitch knishes, a uh, great song. Uh, yep. And then I just wanted you to hear a little bit of his origin with Beach Fuzz from KMD, and you can already hear at that age that he's kind of coming into his art form. So that's why I selected that particular vertical slice. For sure. Yeah. No, that that, that makes sense. You know, I think. I mean, if I have to look at it from a third person perspective, I think that, you know. Having gone through the the listening party at this point, I think it was a good idea to give me a large sample size because it is definitely a lot more complex than I expected. Right. Um, and uh, it. I didn't I didn't really have many expectations going into it, but. If I had a ceiling, I think it's fair to say that it that it shattered it. So can we we talk about that for a little bit? I don't want to derail. But now, before we get into kind of your current thoughts, what did you think going into it? So. Again, we we kind of touched we well, we probably more than kind of touched on this in the previous episode in part one. But (laughs) but uh my exposure to MF Doom is Aqua Teen Hunger Force, as I'm sure a lot of people's uh, is are uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of I knew what I knew what to expect in terms of like I knew that it was indie rap. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and indie hip hop, you know how whatever you want to classify it as. And I knew that it was going to have a lot of uh, some of the the sort of indie rap flair from like around that time period like the the late 90s early 2000s um but i don't think i expected it to be as rich as yeah. it as it as it is rich right? is a like, good word like, yeah yeah like like i was telling you when we were listening to it like there is so much to chew on about the music yeah um from from top to bottom um it's it's really thick uh and yeah so my expectations were i just knew that i was going to get some some indie rap and i knew that it was going to be uh different yeah uh and I knew that it was going to be avant-garde, I yeah. think is probably the, the term that I would use. But uh, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah. I was just about to say, uh, did you was there a part of you that thought because I, I don't know if you thought this about Star Trek, right? Our first episode. Mm-hmm. But did, was there a part of you that thought, OK, well, I'll humor him. Right. But I don't think this is going to be my cup of tea or I don't think this is going to be the like the way he makes it out to be. I was literally quoting raps to you just out of context of anything from this guy yeah. for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like. You know, to be honest with you, the. um Hearing like hearing the raps and hearing the lyrics. um. I think was a really good way to set my expectations for the type of sort of rhymes that he was going to do. Um, But I wasn't like when I was sitting there listening to it and it's like, it's hard to react to that because it's kind of like, yeah, I recognize the object quality of it. 
Um, but hearing it contextualized within within the music is obviously oh, yeah. completely different. Right? B- believe me, I mean, I even said it in the first episode, right? Like, I'm not going to try and do his raps. That would be yeah, it's beyond <laughs> cringe, right? It's just I, I'm not yeah. even accomplishing what I would be trying to do by doing that. I need to point out to you that you need to listen to the lyrics because there's real meat on the bones there. But beyond that, you got to hear the man himself do it. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I think with that said, uh, let's dive in. Yes, let's dive in. So, set the tone for me here. What did you think? Because I could go off right now. Well, I think we should start with Op Doomsday. Yeah, Operation Doomsday. Right, like we should go in the order of how we listened, yeah. I think. Um, so... You mentioned something to me while we were listening to to uh, a, a track, uh, and I want to go back to that. You said that Doom is so confident uh, about how he raps that yeah. he can just talk about and rhyme about how he's going to rap while he's rapping. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can find the lyric, but I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a line that is to the effect of... Uh, You'll notice it's in parables of three and he goes on to literally rap with a parable of three asking someone if they want uh, the mic or the wheel or something to that effect. And I'll try and find it. But that's that's the kind of quality of these rhymes. Right. They're so dense where it's like in the in the middle. There's not even a really a build up to it. He's just going to he's going to flip right into a rhyme scheme talking about his rhyme scheme. Right. Right. It's that kind of. I don't want to call it braggadocio, right? But it's it's that like this is so effortless. This is this is the villain holding you off with one hand, right? I've seen your moves. I'm two steps ahead, and let me address it already. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I think that the you know the reason why I highlighted that is I I think that permeates this entire record, right? Um, yeah. You know. Every time he's speaking, every every time he's speaking and, and rapping is doom. Um, he he's coming at it from this perspective of like, I've been through the shit. Yeah, the shit changed me. Right, like so many, so many, so many rappers and so and so many artists, just in general, uh, especially uh, in like this era of music. You know, you had a lot of positivity. You know what I mean? And a lot of this stuff where especially when you hear people talk about like where they came from and like the struggles that they faced, like coming into their career and, you know, getting to where they got and the success that they achieved. It's always with this like it's always with this tinge of like, you know, it, it molded me into a better person. Right. You know, it made it made me a hustler. You know what I mean? This is like completely different oh, yeah. right like this is this is uh this is a, a a persona that's you know it's got that that angle of i've been through shit i've struggled you know i've grinded i've worked but instead of this like sort of inspirational like and now i'm on top of the world it's kind of like and now I want to fucking burn it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm the villain. This, he builds his, his own mythos within this album, man. And the, so the rhyme right that you were quoting, let me pull it up here. This is from Operation Greenbacks. Amen. 
It's funny how significance make a difference, which is a reference to his lyrical death, right? Like the fact that you can listen to his songs every time and hear something new. Notice parables of three and every other inference. For instance, who wants to battle on the real? Choose your weapon, microphone, beats, or the wheels of steel, right? So he's talking about on this King Ghidorah flow because uh, uh, Operation Green Greenbacks is a Ghidorah track, right? Right. He, I'm going to rhyme in parables of three, and then I'm going to talk about rhyming in parables of three, right? Right. So it's, it's this kind of, it, it, it's... I'm going to use the the thing again, like the braggadocio. But like you said, it's coming from this kind of almost war torn experience, right? Like get hitting rock bottom and then coming back and not use it, not being the force for good, like you said. But I'm the villain and I'm going to make you all look silly. Right. He talks about the pathetic styles of other rappers and really all right. of his records. And he's coming in and saying, you guys are clowns. Look at me. I'm going to do it effortlessly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and effortlessly he does. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you told me, uh, and talked, talked a lot about on part, uh, on, uh, part one of this, this series, um, about, you know, his rhyming ability. Right. Yeah. And, uh, there's, so there's, there's a track, the mic. Yeah. And I think I think simultaneously, the mic is a really good example of his sort of lucid storytelling. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, he's got this sort of depiction of a relationship with a microphone. Right. Yeah. And uh, and it's 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 really descriptive and uh, sort of it's really it's really juicy. Right. Like it's a, it's a yeah. really juicy song. I want to use that adjective because. Um, it's got a lot of personality to it, right? And one one of the highlights of the song is like, okay, so obviously you are familiar with the band Lip Biscuit. Yes. I don't think there's anybody on this planet <laughs> that is not familiar, well, at least in this country that is not familiar yeah. with the band Limp Biscuit. Um, certainly nobody listening to this podcast will be unfamiliar with the band Limp Biscuit and its prolific lead singer and lyricist. Fred Durst, who uh, on their third release, the chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water um, on the track Roland rhymes the word here with the word here yeah. by saying, now I know y'all be loving this shit right here. L-I-M-P biz kit is right here. And I always make fun of Fred Durst for that because yeah. I'm like. This fucking clown is rhyming here with here. Yeah. There are a thousand words that rhyme with here. Ear. Yeah. Deer. Steer. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Sheer. Uh, tear. Keep going. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I could keep going. I mean, this yeah. entire fucking episode could be me going ape shit on Fred Durst and telling him all of the other options that he had. <laughs> To rhyme with the word <laughs> yeah. here. So this is often something that I lament about my music taste because I unironically adore Limp Biscuit. Yeah. So it brings me great pleasure to say that there's a moment in the mic where he rhymes broke with broke. Yeah. And because of the way that he spaces like his delivery out, it works. 
because it is like an endpoint to a statement. And yeah, I think so, you're looking at the lyrics. Yeah, so <laughs> while tricking with these chickens and ended uh well, so I'm just gonna do the the ver- the bar rather. Message from my godfather, solid gold telephone. Many of my men went up in smoke while tricking with these chickens and ended up broke. You find out who's your man's when you broke, like a bad joke. It's funny. When you on, you got mad folk. Yeah. Right. So he's got this like, you know, it, it it's like I think and I think you 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 made reference to uh, this, not this specific, not this specific bar or lyric, but like, um, you know, this uh, this thing that he does like this. I don't want to call it a gimmick because it's not a gimmick, but for lack of a better term, this gimmick about his about his his rhymes is like um, he has like these uh, almost like fourth wall breaking statements where he sort of takes a breath from the rhyme. And like makes like an off color statement, like yeah. you know, you know, it was you know when he mentions finding five hundred dollars, it was just lying yeah. in the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is another one of those moments that acts as a rhyme, but he's rhyming broke with broke, but because of like the way it's delivered as this lucid thought, it works and it hits, and it's just like that was a big moment for me where I was just like. Holy fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> well, this this is one you of know? the big things about flow and rap, right? And people talk about his flow and his delivery a lot. And one of the best things about a good rapper, someone that has great flow, is when they're in the zone, you're not even necessarily hearing the rhymes. You are, but when they're telling the story, they have you enraptured. So when you rhyme broke with broke, it feels natural. Right. You know what I mean? That's 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 one of the things about flow and Doom's kind of raspy delivery. And you called it stream of consciousness. I think that's really apt. Right. Yeah. You're just you're so accustomed to him just telling a story and rhyming like eight times within a single bar. Right. Like right. just going in and going in and going in that when he does this, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of moments on Operation Doomsday that um, really, really coalesce in, in, in just this excellent, excellent way. And the mic is is one of those moments for me because, you know, uh, we touched on this a little bit in in part one, but. Uh, I, I like my my history with this style of music is not is not very like rich. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, and I've been thinking about this since we recorded (laughs) the first part, (laughs) but I keep thinking about like all the old, like no limit album arts with the holographic thing, like screens on them and everything. And like, (laughs) uh, they are, they're incredible. Oh, they're, they're just so incredible. Um, but like, you know, in 1999, like that's that was rap to me. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, you know, you're not wrong, too, because like we were we were actually looking some of this up, some of this stuff up, too. And like the kind of albums that were coming out at the time, like when you think right. about the late 90s, like, oh, at, yeah, dude. Right. Yeah. Like Eminem's second album just came out. Like we got a Missy Elliott album. Uh, no, no, we, no, that was the Slim Shady LP. That's yeah. his first. Now, Slim Shady was two, I think. Let me look it up. No, Marshall I'm, Mathers. Oh, Marshall was two. Mathers was two. You're right. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, you got no because um, yeah, no, you're you're correct about the album, but I think you were either way. We're we're yeah. splitting hairs here, but yeah, we got yeah. the Slim Shady LP. <laughs> this is, we this got, is not an episode about Eminem, <laughs> yeah, or about rap history for that matter. But <laughs> yeah, like, two but yeah. people who decidedly should not be commenting on rap history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but either way, right? Like you, 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 that that's the kind of sound happening at the time. Uh, you got the Rough Riders, right? Or are, are oh, still yeah. happening? Three Six Mafia, all these different acts, right? So oh, slob on my knob. Yeah, slob on my oh, knob, corn on the cup. Oh, yeah. Man. I I think I think that was the song. I had that on a mix CD that I paid somebody in eighth grade to make <laughs> me. <laughs> Cause I didn't have a CD burner at the time. Yeah. Well, we talked about um, CD burners last time too. This is the era of CD burners. This is the word yeah. of mouth. Oh, this, yeah, we did. This yeah. Is, this mm-hmm. is word of mouth in a nutshell. This is um we need <laughs> We need to make sure we need to stop going back to rehashing all the old jokes. From, yeah, but from previous parts. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's still true, right? Like this is how doom got spread. This is you heard him on the radio or in the club and it was like, OK, this is good. Right. And then you right. they probably got a bootleg. Right. And you right. went home and you listened to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so anyway, I, I brought that up again because I, I've been thinking about it, you know, ever since we talked about it the first time and uh this this album especially resonates with me because it feels so um so current you know like even even like now um like over 20 years later yeah it it still feels very very timely um and i think that you know, I don't want to get in the habit of calling all the stuff that, you know, we talk about on this podcast timeless or timely or or anything like that. But until I think of a better term, I'm going to continue to use it and variations of it. Uh, this this whole album felt it, it, it felt uh, relevant. Yeah. Um, and I think that speaks uh, really uh a lot about the total package and how I mentioned before that there's a lot to chew on here. I think that that sustains um, the, and the entirety of this record, even in a modern era, because you go back and you listen to things like, you know, make them say, uh, right. (laughs) Nah, 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 nah. Right. And like, as, as much as I love that, that tune, um, and I go back and I watch the music video fondly and, (laughs) You know, it's or even <laughs> it's fun to listen to because it it sort of ports me back to that time because there's never going to be another moment. And this might be controversial, so, you know, st- stop me. But I don't think there's ever going to be a moment where, you know, rap or hip- and hip hop like that is ever really relevant again because of its um, sort of. I don't want to discredit Master P or anybody on No Limit Records, but, you know, it it feels just very it feels it's like the pop version of rap. Right. And this is this is something much, much bigger than that from a conceptual perspective. I get why you say that, especially with your background, but I'll I'll challenge you there because there's still even a lot of great indie rap today that pushes boundaries 
in ways similar to MF Doom. Like I'll I'll play for you after this. We'll we'll listen to some open mic eagle and some other like we can listen to even Chance the Rapper was considered indie at one point. You know what I mean? Um, we can listen yeah. to there's a, there's a lot of different indie rap out there that's really pushing boundaries too. I I can um, I might agree with the idea that this will never hit the mainstream. But even then, if you look at how radically things have shifted from, I was even going to bring up like something like Eric B and Rakim, right? Obviously, gods of the rap industry, right? They're they were mm-hmm. one of the first boundary pushers. Their music it doesn't sound dated, but it sounds like a product of its time, right? Yeah. And there's something to be said, or at least some of their songs do, but there's something to be said when an, when an album like this can persist for 20 years and not particularly sound dated, which is true. So I, I think that, I mean, he addresses it himself in his own rhymes of, I think that has to do with how aspirational, I'll take a line from our Star Trek episode we ever used, but how <laughs> yeah. ap- ap- aspirational this album was of like just the lyrical density the dedication to telling a story through the skits, through the beats themselves and through his rhymes. Right. It, it is a holistic package. Not that any album is or isn't, but I think that's that's what contributes to that timelessness factor. Yeah, uh, I think that's a I think that's a good take. Um, you know, I think I think this album really. It, it it really embodies. I, I will say that if I heard Mad Villainy first, I don't think I would have liked Operation Doomsday as much yeah. as I did. Yeah, because I really liked Mad Villainy and, and we're not going there yet, but I really, really liked Mad Villainy. Um, but I I like I I I sort of, you know. Captured this appreciation for Mad Villainy with operation doomsday in the back of my head right and because of that there are i i am able to look at a lot of at things and tracks and aspects of operation doomsday that i liked a whole lot more um than some of the stuff that occurs in mad villainy right um and i sort of have that reference point to go back to um operation doomsday finishes incredibly strong oh yeah um dead bent is that's the track for me. I'm not shocked because that's a lot of people's favorite. I mean, I I go back and forth. I like tick tick. I like the kind of like the the boldness of like I, I I mean you're the music expert. You tell me it like that is a changing time signature they're doing right. Like well, they're so, slowing I mean, they're slowing it down, but they're hitting the beats on the bar in different intervals, right? Well, so I mean, maybe. Uh, I'll I'll have to listen to it more. Um, but like f- on my first listen, it just kind of sounded like they were just like slowing the tempo down. Yeah, and like like they it was still like four beats to the measure and like a, uh, okay. a single qu- a single well, th- quarter. This note is why gone. I need yeah. This is why I need you here, right? Yeah, there, I do know a rap group that actually has a song in three four time signature. That's yeah. Uh, that's Hail Mary. Ma- that's uh, Mary Mallon rather. But yeah, um, I'm 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 positive. There's a lot of rap out there that has like wacky time signatures yeah. and shit. And like, you know, um, but regardless, like I like that kind of aspirational again, like splitting hairs. I like that. Like, um, OK, we're going to slow the beat down and well, have so a y- chorus about slowing the beat down and speeding it up. And exactly. And I think that like. There's something so cool to that 
when you're really paying attention to it because it is it is mega off-putting yeah when they start doing it and then uh there's this kind of moment where uh when you realize that they are like you said like rapping about slowing it down and spinning it back up yeah it's it's very sort of like a it's it's kind of like a surreal listening experience Mm -hmm. you know um it's very cool that's that that is that is a great track yeah yeah it's it's also too like the album each of its individual songs is so complete because the beats like i mean metal fingers produces these beats i was telling you about this he released right his special herbs collections where you can just listen to the beats themselves but like on that track with tick tick on the mic on dead bent the beats aren't just the thing that he's rapping over they're a component so in tick tick like you said they have this this disorienting slowing well the beat is kind of like this smudgy kind of string music right and it as the tempo of the song decreases you because it's a string instrument you actually hear that kind of change in the waveform so to speak and it gives it that kind of trippy feeling that feeling that something's not quite right 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 yeah it's uh it's very cool and it's it's another moment on this entire record that uh obviously like sets it apart from so much other stuff of its time and even even stuff today and and these these sorts of takes like i almost hate to make them because you know they're they're tired you know it's yeah you can open any rolling stone issue from any time period and find commentary about music that says like oh it's ahead of its time or you know it's so unique you know uh compared to stuff of its similar period but it's true you know it, it it's true yeah well like i i've never tried to be super thought provoking with my commentary on music so i'm just not that intelligent about it but like for me the thing with doom is just that like beyond the easy to pick out things of like the depth of the lyrics and like there's always something to come back and listen to i think the number one thing for me is just that the music itself moves me it moves me where it makes my feet move it makes my head bop it moves me in my you know my heart you know what i mean like i like i the the story grabs me moving me is really the thing that i get with this and I could see your head bopping on a lot of these. It's just this this like <laughs> this kind of addicting quality that like it's like getting the stew just right. You know what I mean? You can't put your yeah. finger. It's not the stew isn't great because of any one particular flavor. It's that it all came together. Right. And you take that first bite and you're like, God damn, this is fucking yeah. delicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, 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 that's a great that's a great analogy. Uh, I, I agree. Um you know, like you said, while we were listening, like there was there were a lot of moments where, you know, we were sort of reacting at the same time to a lot of different things in a lot of the same ways. And um, it's one thing to write a catchy tune or a catchy beat, you know, uh, a lot of pop music is not sustainable, you know, right. even though it is catchy for a time period um you know it might not it might not last right? right um i think 
most of the rap and hip hop that I have heard has not had that sort of hook that made me think that it was, you know, of a lasting quality for my taste. But I think that Operation Doomsday definitely sort of set the stage for that to become the case. That's good. I'm glad you so, liked it. I, w- I wasn't sure myself, you know, if like it would be one of those things of, well, I can appreciate the art, but I, I guess the, the question is, would you listen to this again? Would this enter your rotation? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I, so I have a confession to make. I, yeah, I was mentally preparing. Yeah. A way to be, I was like, oh man, this is going to be, one of the first times that we record a shill, like a, an actual shill in earnest. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to have to tell Scott that it's not really my thing. Yeah. Um, so like I was, like I was saying earlier, I didn't have an expectation. Yeah. But I was ready to be like, eh. And at, by the end of it, Dead Bent was the moment for me. By the time we got to Dead Bent, I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah, this is the shit. I was like, this is this is cool. So, um, but it kind of almost put the fear in me, too, because I was like. Am I going to like this so much? Because when I when I find a new band or a new artist. I kind of go nuts on their entire catalog. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of artists out there that I only end up gravitating towards like one release or one record. Um, and I was kind of like, um, I don't know if I'm going to like enjoy anything as much as I enjoyed operation doomsday. So, yeah. um, that was that was my end thought to do to, to Operation Doomsday. And I also didn't I don't think I realized how influential his style was because I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that like he inspired generation or anything like yeah, that. But, but like it would I be would I be crazy for saying that I hear a lot of I hear a lot of MF Doom's inspiration and Mac Miller's delivery. No, you're absolutely right. Cause like you have to understand that like there are thousands is probably not even accurate. There are tens of thousands or more of rappers in our country, right? Even more across the world. There are going to be hundreds upon hundreds of people that don't know MF Doom, right? There's going to be tons of them because he's an indie artist, right? Yeah. But there's going to be the ones that rise above that, consume everything else going on in this sphere and they're looking at what the competition's doing and what their friends are doing and they're the ones internalizing and saying god damn right i need to up my game and these people have listened to mf doom and they've heard his rhymes and they've heard his beats and they're like shit you know what i mean i i gotta step it up mumble rap this is i'll make a bold i wasn't gonna make any bold takes i think mumble rap owes its existence to mf doom Dude, dude. Can I tell you I I have this note written down? Yeah. That says I'm going to read it for you right now. Yeah. MF Doom's rhymes. 
Yeah. Our mumble rap, if it was good. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of inflammatory on its own, I guess. But I, I, I mean, I agree. I think that there's like, I mean, I already to- I already told you a little bit about people that are on the record about liking Doom, like especially like Tyler, the creator and Earl Sweatshirt. Right. I think yeah. we even talked about that in the last episode, but it's this thing of. In a way, Broadway is informed by Shakespeare, whether or not you've read Shakespeare's plays. Right. Sure. I think it's the same here. I think that this good, yeah. stream of consciousness, right, this lack of fear to a convent of holding to a conventional rhyming structure structure to I don't know if this is what you call like I don't know if this is technically part of the meter or if it's part of the tone but like the old 90s way of rapping of blah 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 rhyme blah 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 rhyme right where you hit the rhyme on every part of the beat right I don't know if that's meter tone whatever right but his lack of fear of those conventional rhyming styles all these things right they percolate up and then the next generation grabs it and then even if they're not being influenced directly by Doom, they're being influenced by that. Right. Well, so so there is a quality to Dumoulin's delivery in his rhymes that is percussive. Yes. Right. And I'm going to make a comparison to stick with me here. Yeah. I'm going to make a comparison to bluegrass music. OK. Bluegrass music works so well. Because, you know, with typically without the existence of any sort of percussion, Mm -hmm. because the instruments themselves are percussive, they have a percussive quality to them. Mm -hmm. Um, The scratching on the strings of a mandolin, the drawing of the bow, even though it's like it has those tones like, you know, it's got that, you know, a style of, you know, in a lot of cases, staccato percussive notes. Um. Basses can be slapped. Guitars are hit a lot of the times. Yeah. Slap guitars is, is a very common thing. So you get my point. The theme, yes. the the point that I'm making is that bluegrass works very well without percussion because the instruments themselves are percussive. Um, I think this is also existent in the way that Dumoulin raps. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he delivers his rhymes are percussive in in and of themselves. And I think that is the apparent quality to modern mumble rap. Like, I don't want to talk shit on mumble rap. So when I say that, like, this was a very quick note that I wrote down to make me remember the point that I wanted to make, yeah. which is that I, and, and it's funny that like you brought it up because that's exactly what I was thinking is that modern mumble rap. I think the appeal to it is that it is a percussive style of rapping. It adds to the beat. Right. Right. And a lot of rap is like that. But mumble rap works in the way that it does, in my very uneducated opinion on the matter, because it has that quality to it. And I think that, like you were saying, this is sort of like where it almost it's seemingly almost where it comes from. Yeah, I I internalize again, not a rap historian, but I internalize a lot of modern rap through the lens of people like Doom. other people too. Like, I think that a lot of modern rap comes from in a sense, people will probably disagree with me, but I think the ethos of people like Ghostface storyteller rappers, right? So like yeah. Ghostface's music um, going 
whether it's in Wu-Tang, whether it's his solo albums, um, like I'm thinking of uh, Poison Darts, for example, is one of my favorite songs of his. Right. It sounds absolutely nothing like mumble rap, but he's telling a story in the same way Doom is in his lyrics. And I think that comes out in even like uh, XXX Tentacion, who passed away recently. Right. Yeah. There's something to be said about. Even all the way back to the 90s, Eric B and Rakim telling telling stories as part of the song and XXX Tentacion's songs. Right. That Is are, that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Yeah. All right. Uh, in his songs. Right. Which I mean, I don't think they're sonically anything like each other. There's this emphasis on the overall mood and the story being told. Right. Like he has. um moonlight right which was a really popular song for a time is a song about death right and he's there's very few lyrics in the song but he's like very clearly painting a picture right and i think that that ethos has just again i'm I'm just going to keep saying percolating up because that's the only thing i can think to say right but it's just this it's this shared history that continues to to move down the line of time so I, yeah. I internalize it. That's that's actually why I give a lot of mumble rappers more credit than I think a lot of people are prepared to give them as I just see them as the next evolution of. Kind of where rap has always been and where it's just going to keep going. Sure. So mad villainy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's called one of the greatest rap albums of all time and his magnum opus. I tend to agree. Um, I There are very few albums that are sonically as complete as this is right i don't want to talk too much before you get your initial thoughts out i wasn't sure what you were gonna like the best remember that mm, food is my favorite doom album right yeah right w- sure what did you think of mad villainy um mad villainy mad villainy is the album that convinced me to like come back to doom's music um, cause I, again, I really liked operation doomsday, right. And it, it put the hook in me of like, okay, yeah, I understand that this is definitely more than I maybe thought it was at a previous time in my life. Um, you know, this is, you know, again, didn't really have many expectations. So, you know, it, it, it sort of exceeded anything I could have had. Um, but mad villainy is like really where that it wrapped it up for me. Um, like I said before, if I would have heard mad villainy first, I don't think I would have liked operation doomsday as much as I did. And I think that is because mad villainy's got an everlasting quality to it in that it feels like, and coming from a new perspective on dooms music, um, and having only heard Operation Doomsday in its entirety once before coming to, into Mad Villainy, it feels like this record is capturing Doom in a specific point in his career where he is just on it. Yeah. Well, bear in mind, too, I think it's the I don't know what the, I think it's called like the rule of plenty or something like that. But like there this album is very heavy on the production the guest features, the the sonic storytelling of, um, you know what I mean? Like the, so for example, uh, do not fire sick fit 
just the the instrumental tracks like the, the instrumental track super villain theme right that's part right. of the storytelling and all it is is an instrumental because it's it's the theme of the super villains you have the illest villains the opening which is mostly samples and it's introducing well now we're the villain duo and we're the most dastardly we're just two boys who happen to be on the wrong side of the law right Right. His his focus on the album, his writing is so hyper condensed. Right. Every single track hits. That's I think that what you're describing, that's how I've internalized it every years of listening to this album. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and I think that it. Ju- I think that just goes to show, like, you know, when something has a. Uh really obvious quality to it it's it's almost impossible to ignore and i think that's that's the case here yeah so let's contextualize it this way how did mad villainy improve on operation doomsday for you because operation doomsday is not my favorite either and for me personally it's that i think some of the tracks to say not hold up isn't fair but like i don't i don't i'm not happy to hear every single song on operation doomsday right yeah. it's yeah i would agree with that there's it's, it, it has peaks and valleys yeah there's absolute bangers but at the same time there's songs that like i understand their place in the story but i don't particularly like them as songs and i could probably even get what i need out of listening to the album if they took it out right yeah right sure but with mad villainy this is i don't know if this is what got you there but like every single component feels like it needs to be there for me and there's not a single track, even the instrumentals that I wouldn't just listen to in a vacuum. Right. So good. I think that. Um, so so one of my favorite things about consuming music is consuming the product. Um, right. You know, to me, listening to music is not just something that you do with your ears. It's also something that you uh, can do with your eyes. Um, it's. Part of the reason that I enjoy collecting vinyl records, um, it's, you know, a lot of the reason why I have such, you know, a gravitational pull towards things like Ghost and Rob Zombie and things with, you know, gimmicks. So when I consume music, especially new music, I like to get a, 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 a as much of the product as I can and uh, internalize it alongside the actual music itself. So I think that the album art for this really tells the story of what you are in for. Um, I look at the album art and it is, it's simply doom with the mask on. Yeah. Um, And it just says mad villain, right? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't even really say, doesn't even say mad villainy, despite the fact that this is what the album is called. And I, I see that and, that says to me, you are looking at the mad villain, yeah. right? This is the mad villain. Yeah. And uh, it's got this uh, really like sort of chromatic gray tone to it that uh, I think like sort of really wraps it up into this. Like, like you said, there's nothing about this record that feels like it doesn't need to be there. And I think that, I already sort of had that expectation set for me, even just looking at the album art. I was like, 
I, I almost knew what I was going to, to get in for the, or, you know, what I was in for rather the moment that the first track kicked off when I saw that album art. And I was like, this is going to be like a very mature, very like focused. Yeah. It's like, it's really like an evolution of operation doomsday. Yeah. And there's been, there's been albums in between, but you can sure, see exactly. Right. No, well, just to your point, right. You can see the kind of the path that he's taken to get there with the, with the craft. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like there are songs, there are songs in operation doomsday that, I mean, while still very lyrically impressive, right. Are not up to the speed of basically any track you can pick off of here where he's the MC, right? There right. are songs in Operation Doomsday. Granted, Madlib is producing here, but there are songs in Operation Doomsday where the beat's impressive, but it on its so like for example, I'll take Hey for as an example. This is probably like really a hot take, but like I love the Hey beat, but it's not like an incredible song on its own you know what i mean it's more yeah. like holy crap he flipped scooby-doo into a yeah, beat you sure. know what i mean and right, it's actually right. kind of catchy right there's not a single beat on mad villainy that isn't a banger you know what i mean and again that's mad lib but it's it's more that them coming together on this path you know what i mean like well sure i mean like you know i don't know was in you might not even know the answer to this question because the the knowledge just might not be available. But, you know, I would assume that there was probably some form of collaboration. on oh, them. Sh- Yeah, you I'm know. sure. I mean, he described it as like the, the I, I think that the way I remember him describing it was like he would he would write and Madlib would just like inundate him with beats. Right. Like he would write like a couple songs and the next day he would show up with like 50, like one minute, two minute, whatever. Oh, beats, man. And he would yeah. have to spend like two or three days listening to the whole Going CD. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause his his method, as he's described it, too, would be like, I'm going to listen to the beat first and then formulate the concept for the song. Right. Yeah. So. Right. um, But with that said, I'm sure there had to be collaboration. I mean, Mad Lib's obviously the producer, but. I, I think that there had to be some back and forth there. So. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless, it is. It, it's really it, it's it's an incredible record. I mean, tops the bottom. Um, I had a hard time. Listening to it and trying to pick out like certain high spots because it was it does really feel so complete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I really Figaro is one that I that that I called out for myself because, you know, I think that that is just a really clever, really um, it's like a really engaging song. Uh, And and, and that one stands out to me on this record. You know, it's. There are the rhymes in that in, in, in that song are so fluid that your mind can almost just wander because they start to just become like part of the entire beat and part of the entire package. Well, I even pointed this out to you. The song started and I was like, pay attention to this lyric coming up. And it's yeah, shot a Jack got her back. It's not an ax stack. Forgot about the cackalack, holla back, clack, clack, blocka villainy. Fill them in your heart. Chalker, a chart top, a start shit. Stop a be a smart shopper. Shot a cop day around. It is like, 
just snap, 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 snap. It's like a beat poet. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I, I've got I've got so many rhymes. I can just vomit them out of my mouth nonstop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but yeah, Figaro's great. I mean, I, I point it out to you. I think I like curls and I like uh, fancy clown, but it's fancy, that's fan, fancy clowns. Probably my favorite song on the record. Yeah. Um, I. You know. There's there's not many times that that like the the Victor Vaughn persona shows up. Yeah. Um, but this is certainly like this. This was the high spot of the entire listening party for me. Yeah. Was this this particular track? Um, because as we talked about, like. You know, this is this is Victor and, and Doom. You know what I mean? Like. And I love that it's just like, yo, it's Victor. You know what I mean? Like, I love how this track fires off. It's yeah. so good. Like. um, He's like, he's so hungry and raw in this track. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's the great thing. I'm glad you're picking up on it because that's the great thing about his persona. Like, again, uh, gimmick's not the word, but it's just comfortable. Like his gimmick, right? Yeah. Like it's. He, he's able to swap just the core of how he's approaching a track and it doesn't feel weird if you're in the know because oh this is a victor track it's not weird that he's i know you i knew you was blank in around playing all innocent and hoeing since the foundation you know i mean this angry kind of youthful like incel energy is not the works that's obviously not what it is but you know it's, it's, it's angry it's like the you, tortured man yeah tortured man betrayal and then right. he's, he's coming out with the all the people he's screwed behind her back. You know what I mean? That, well, right. you did that. Well, you're out with doom. Well, I got all this in my back pocket. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right. Which doom um, doom is not that. No, it, but like and it's so it's so excellent. And, and again, like I know that I know that in part one, you know, I, I had a little bit of knowledge coming into this music, but. uh it really stands to make me appreciate the fact that, you know, that, that this sticks out that much more because, um, you know, it, it sort of feels like you are listening to the mindset that he was in before he was doomed. Yeah. You know? Right. Like and it, 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 it really just, it really deepens the experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to end with this question so you don't have to answer it right now. But like eventually I want to know, are you going to go listen to more Doom? Right. And that's something that you'll get to experience in more detail with Victor Vaughn albums, the vaudeville villain. Right. Like that's there's a whole album. There's a whole album that is Victor Vaughn. There's uh, Take Me to Your Leader by King Ghidra, which in which he he emcees almost nothing because because King Ghidra is in the background. Right. Right. There's. Uh, his other duos. There's, I know you're somewhat familiar with the mouse and the mask, Dang, right? Danger doom, yeah. danger, danger doom. Um, then there's, uh, him working with Zara face and Aruvian, like blah, blah, blah. Right. So if, if you go and pursue more doom, we'll wrap back around to that question later, but you'll, you'll be able to experience whole concepts based around specific persona. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fancy clown really stuck out to me for that reason. Um, it's a great track. Yeah. Also, it's catchy as hell. I still sing the uh, ZZ Hill song part yeah. in the shower. <laughs> I hear you in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an airworm. Yeah. 
So, rap snitch knishes. All right, so we're we're transitioning off of bad villain now. We're going to talk about the couple tracks I played for Chris off of mm, Food, my favorite Doom album, and I played uh, Beef Rap, which I played because it has some of the most iconic Doom lyrics. Plus, I like the beat. Uh, I played One Beer, which I think is my. It's not fair because Ratchet Snitch Knitches is so timeless on two levels. The Coffin Nails beat is astounding. Yeah. <laughs> and the song itself is hilarious and good. Yes. But One Beer, other than that, I think is my favorite track on the album. I love. I really love the sample and the instrumental. And I think that he rhymes really well on it. And then obviously, Rap Snitch Knitches. I mean, come on. Man, uh, that track is a fucking banger. Oh, my God. You're telling me, man, I um, I bopped my ass off to that while we were listening to it. Well, I had been bombarding you with shitty doom memes for like, I think a good two weeks. Right. Yeah, right. right, And how many of them had coffin nails in it, man? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Like this is this is doom in a nutshell. This is this is. The pinnacle of his, I guess, like popularity, right? Sure. So, right. um, t- talk to me a little bit about how you thought about it sonically. Then coming out of Mad Villainy, right, and Mad Villain, and Rapsnish Knishes is kind of a more humorous song, right? It's very lighthearted. It's clowning on people. It's got a very different beat than like what something like what to come out of Mad Villain with mad lib on that particular effort right so what's what struck you about that track well i think that you know i think that every artist that has a directive um Mm -hmm. you know take your pick um coheed and cambria ghost um you know mentioned them already um people are gonna clown on me for liking ghosts um (laughs) I like ghosts too. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. People. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think for a lot of artists that have a, a greater purpose and a directive like that, um, there's always going to be things that are released and things that they make that deviate from, uh, not necessarily what you're used to, but what the perceived concept is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's necessary from, a growth perspective because you can't just make the same shit all over again all the time. Um, but also, you know, if done right, it can, it can sort of, it can sort of deepen the the concept in general. And what I took this as like when, when we started listening to rap snitch Canisius, like it still has that flavor of, you know, the villain persona, but this is like, you know, him sort of being clowny instead of him being, you know, evil or tyrannical. Right. right. So that's that's the my biggest takeaway from um, you know, the Mr. Food stuff that we listen to in general was that, you know, it it's it struck me as uh lighthearted's not the word, but it struck me as more of a um more of a like a playful sort of villainy than yeah, uh, than than a pure evil. I think you'll get a lot of that on the M Food album. Too. Yeah, there's there's definitely that kind of air to it. For me, the thing about Rap Snitch Knishes is 
is as someone that's really into doom i guess because of the lyrics not that i don't love and appreciate every component of his music what stands out so clearly for me about Ratchetness Knishes is I like it for all the re all the wrong reasons, so to speak. Right. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's just an earworm. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The beat beat is incredible. Mr. Fantastic and doom both going back and forth together at the start of the album, right. To get you in that mood, the chorus. I mean, the chorus is like most of the song at that point. Right. Right. Like, It's it's comical. It's just kind of a simple rhyme that anyone can like kind of bop along to. And then they still have their verses that are still kind of deep. You know what I mean? Lyrically. So sure. It's just the it's a complete package for me. Like I'm the guy that my favorite song on. I don't know. Just pick like Matt Villainy. Right. Like I like curls because I like the density of the lyrics. Right. Right. But I like rap snitch conditions just because it's catchy, man. Yeah. I mean, it's simple. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 track is is really unbelievable. And like, I can't believe that, like, I haven't heard it more in my lifetime, to be honest with you, because I was like, how the how the fuck is this song so fucking catchy? Like, it's crazy. It's a it's a crying shame, honestly, like he has so many tracks that would make excellent singles, like even if he was like a one hit wonder. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. But right. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I love this song. I mean, I said on the last episode and I'll say it again. I I don't think that deeply about my music. I kind of have monkey brain. of Oh, song. Good. Play more song. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. another the only other artist I think I've ever recommended to you and like in heavy Savant. Right. Oh, yeah. The, right. the uh, electronic music producer. Savant's cool like, shit. I listened to his discography at the time I discovered him just because, ooh, song good. Play more song. You know what I mean? It was yeah, kind of like right. that for me. So, Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the way most people consume their music. Right. Yeah. I definitely consume it that way, too. But, you know, my ADD typically requires something that I could, like, focus on three things at once. Right. Which, hey. There's a lot of that in Doom's material. Oh, absolutely. So, so yeah, I uh, I thought the I thought the isolated tracks from from for food were really good. So, well, I guess then kind of taking it to its conclusion, um, I don't I don't think it's really important to like talk about like oh what did we think of Peach Fuzz right because it's not really Doom, it's yeah, Zev no. Love X. But yeah. did you kind of catch? the beginnings of the not the beginnings of the doom character because that's not accurate to say but the beginnings of the style that would become iconic of doom in peach fuzz i mean it's all throughout kmd but i just thought that song was kind of catchy on its own merit yeah no absolutely you know like it's it's easy to tell when he's right you know what i mean it's 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 easy to tell like it's yeah. it's it's obviously you know he's much younger and his his voice sounds a lot different but um yeah, no, it's it it's it was really cool to see how how like he he started in in his career in earnest, like after having having time to listen to so much of his doom material. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's Bucky Barnes before he's captured and becomes the Winter Soldier and returns yeah. to wreak havoc. Yeah, you know I mean, a it's great great way to put it. Yeah, but all right, so then I guess. We've come to the inevitable question, which is 
Did you like <laughs> Doom? Are you going to go listen to more Doom? Did I show you? Okay, so um, <laughs> each shill is unique, right? Yes. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that we should judge each on its own merit. Um, and I think different types of shills require different types of judgments and dis- discern, you know, discerning. Um, it's a lot of preamble. So... Music is something that I think is a lot harder to internalize whenever you are not listening to the, um, you know, the the record many, many times over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. Um, it's kind of different from looking at a movie and or watching a movie or watching a show. And uh and you have that visual way to go by and there's a set and, you know, so I'm committing to listening to do more. Okay. And, and the reason that I say that is this. Having listened to Operation Doom. Having listened to Mad Villainy. Both of those in their entirety really gave me a. A, a picture of the artist. Right. Um, I think that if if I had to put my finger on what I thought of Doom going into it, I would have said that he was somebody that was going to be a little bit more um a little bit more into his art, a little bit more into his his gimmick and it was going to be a little bit more straightforward and sort of the story and the mythos was going to be um, you know, kind of contrived right yeah. a little bit a little bit a little bit ham-fisted but i'm coming away from our listening session understanding that mf doom is really the sum of doomalay's individual parts um you know metal fingers making the beats doom the ultimate face of the of the character of the villain uh, having having a chance to sort of meet Vaughn, right? Right. Um, this isn't characters. Well, these aren't characters rather, uh, proper English. These aren't characters that he's sitting down and saying, well, I'm rapping through this. He's rapping authentically. There's no, there's no question. Yeah. The rhymes that he writes are real. They're authentic rhymes and they're, they're the rhymes that he's feeling. And it just really feels like he is all of these things and none of them at the same time. Right. I, I think he would like that assessment because we talked about this before. Like his, his idea was always that why, why I put on the mask, I put on the mask because you see rappers nowadays and it's all about their image and who they pretend to be. And I wanted my music to be about the rhymes and the music, right? So the idea that Doom's music is a deconstruction and a depersonalization of Doom, I think is exactly what he's going for. Yeah, right? I, that's really what my biggest takeaway from it. And, and you just ex- put, put it into much better words than I could. So thank you. But uh, 
but that's exactly that's exactly how it feels for me it it is it is this you know it's this commitment to not sort of waver from the, the like his truth right yeah. like it it really comes across to me as like he's saying that i am always going to make my truth the art that he's putting out is always going to be authentic and you know that might look uh different from album to album and you see all these other artists like you were saying and you see all these other people that when they change their style and when they do something different than what they were doing before they change their image to fit that and then it doesn't seem authentic because it's not what they came from it's not how they looked before yeah and it just takes away from the entire thing but here you have this you know it's almost like a monolith right the the music and the art is just like this this object and there's really no sort of image to it you know it's it's yeah. really it's really cool and so i really want to go back to more because like the music is really great the, there's not a bad there wasn't a bad beat yeah there just wasn't you, you yeah. know there just wasn't a bad beat so success successful shill because Good. because i'm going back for more absolutely um, i, and I you, won't even take credit then sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say and you know like this isn't going to be something where like, you know, you're going to be holding my feet to the fire and like, have you listened yeah. to doom lately? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it it's because that's not even, that's not even the intention for the same, like for the same reason where I will say, I'm not going to take credit for it because as I stated at the end of the last episode, doom doesn't need me to shill him. Right. right. I probably didn't even shill you doom shilled you. Right. You yeah. came into it being like, eh, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to come up with a way to eloquently explain why I don't like this, which, by the way, I don't care. I'll just go listen to Doom. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like it, Doom is the one that convinced you ultimately that the music was worth exploring. Right. So I won't even take credit, but that's that's kind of that's um, ultimately all I was hoping for was that you would hear some of this and think. Wow, like even though rap isn't usually in my wheelhouse, like there is something here that I, I, I want to explore. I think that's what makes this so interesting is because it is that, you know, um there is how many times have you have you like been shown music or shown something else? Like I'm sure I've I've sent you stuff before where I'm like, yeah, you gotta check this out. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Right. You know, it happens to me, you know, like people serve me up stuff that's like, you know, uh, that I that I think is kind of whack. But like. I will say, hey, if you sent this to me, if you sent Doom to me unsolicited, uh, you know, I probably would have just heard that it was like, you know, indie rap and just been like, yeah, you know, I know I know him as, you know, that guy. And then that that would have been it. Um, so I think that it's important when there is something that you know you are passionate about for these reasons to explain the reasons why and so i definitely had that coming into our to our listening session i understood why you loved it so much and that sort of became the gateway for me because it it was one of those things where like i know that you don't like shit that's like just by default objectively objectively terrible right yeah <laughs> yeah well you, you know i'm hard to please 
Yeah, right. So exactly. And so, you know, but because of that, I also know that, you know, our tastes are very sort of, you know, refined to, to, to ourselves. So this is a really cool moment for me because, you know, again, like you said, it's not a style of music that I'm typically into. And, um, you know, similarly to like my brother got me into EDM a couple of years ago when like before I was just like, if you would have asked me in 2010 what I thought of Skrillex, dude, I would have said some very unkind things. Yeah. I say a lot of kind things about Skrillex now in my old right. age. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a moment like that for me. I'm glad that's that's all I really hoped for. Uh, even if it wasn't going to be like the thing that gets you into rap, this is something that even beyond like Star Trek, although it's kind of a similar thing. I care. I care about doom in a way. Right. That's like I just purely want other people to experience it. You know what I mean? It's not one of those things of um, let me think of something uh for example trying to get someone into D. i don't have to do that for you right or getting into tabletop games in general because of my opinions about D. but like i don't have this kind of pure-hearted love for dungeons and dragons where i just purely want people to experience it you know what i mean right. getting someone into it be would be more of that kind of thing where you're talking about it to kind of have clout for kind of an interesting off the wall topic any of those reasons right 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 i fucking love mf doom yeah and it shows it shows like i it i feel that the i feel a way about his music i don't feel about music in general right like i said monkey song good play more song right (laughs) right right yeah but i yeah i i just thought that this is something that you should at least hear at least enough to put on a shill as opposed to like he's described, right? The, Hey, check this song out kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Well, I'm glad you did. Oh yeah. I, I mean, just listening to it was a good time too. I'm always yeah. down for doom. So obviously. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, great job, dude. Um, Thank I thought, you. I thought this was, I thought this was awesome. Um, I'm excited to, 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 you know, check it out more and dig into more um especially mad villainy dude that's probably the one that i'm gonna go back to and just like listen to over and over again even Um, even if all that comes out of this is you listen to mad villainy on rotation i'm happy you know what i mean yeah i was actually thinking like oh i wonder how i can cop this on vinyl somewhere if it's still in print so oh yeah i'm sure you can find a vinyl somewhere but Mm, fingers crossed i don't know are you familiar with the mars volta oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know the record francis the mute Things yeah. worth like eight hundred and thirty-five dollars. Crazy. Yeah. The, the, it depends, but yeah, the Doom's very pop. They do a lot of reprints and stuff too. Yeah. So, well, here's hoping. But yeah. Hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed the MF Doom experience as much as I did. Um, and uh, don't forget to uh, tune in next time where somebody will be showing something. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, what it is, we don't yet know, but it will most assuredly be an intriguing episode filled with only taste of the highest class and sophistication. Yes, that's right. So maybe the hentai I, episode, maybe the hentai episode. <laughs> we're, we're just going to get right into that before yeah, episode 10 maximum so degeneracy. This is our milestone episode seven, the hentai episode. Yeah. It's also right. coincidentally our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, All right. until then sayonara. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. See ya. King of the Shield.